Guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. The sponsor of today's show is Evest, a digital brokerage firm founded with the vision of bringing trust and credibility to the world of online trading. Evest provides investors with better opportunities in the online trading industry, offering self-trade service with high level of security and secured global licenses. Evest offers 100% reliable stocks with zero commission. I think on Dubai Works, there's no getting away from real estate. It's such a dominant theme and topic from uh, private developers that we've had on to different marketplaces and agents. And uh, today we continue the theme of real estate. It's been in the news again lately. Uh, you'll have seen on Smashy Business uh, Socials and, and the app and also on Love in Dubai that there was a townhouse recently sold for 35.5 million dirhams. There was a record number of transactions over the space of five days, 9.8 billion dirhams. Uh, so it's a fascinating area. There's a lot of people involved in it. There's a whole ecosystem. And I think you really, anyone interested in real estate, buyer or seller, if it's your day job, I think you really enjoy the conversation today. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. This week, we're with JP Mondelec. He is the CEO of a Dubai-based property portal, Hosa, Hausa, built with simplicity in mind, uh, while still providing all the necessary tools and features a user would need. So we'll be hearing about Hausa, how it started, really interesting story. Uh, we'll be talking about Dubai real estate uh, marketplace as well, uh, marketplaces online. Uh, how to build them, how to run them, uh, and looking ahead, what's Hauser's plans for the future? But first, welcome, JP. Thank you for having me, Richard. Thanks for coming in. And yeah, so can you kick it off by telling us how Hauser came about? Certainly. So uh, Hauser.com started back in September 2020. It was on the back of COVID, um, which was a very tough time for the industry, particularly for agencies, couldn't do viewings and, and whatnot. And um, basically, out of a frustration of lack of flexibility, of being able to get a break from the existing portals that they were subscribing and listing on. Um, so they came together and uh, decided to build a challenger portal. So, you know, typically when you meet with startups, um, you know, you meet in one or two individuals who are founders. But in this case, Hausa.com's founders are actually uh, 16 real estate agencies. Um, and then five, six, six of them are kind of our core main founding uh uh, partners, including Allsop and Allsop, Better Homes, uh, Driven, uh, uh, DNB Properties, Core, CRC, uh, to name a few, and Espas, to name a few. So these are actually our our, our founding uh, shareholders. And then Barry Judge um, w was running the business up until uh, this year, and Barry is uh, the former CEO of Dubizzle. So basically, mm -hmm. we are the only industry-backed property portal in the country. Um, and we've been in operation now for two years. Um, and uh, I just joined the business 
uh, two months ago um, and rejoining my former colleagues uh, from the Dubizzle days. So our entire uh, leadership team are ex-Dubizzlers um, and we've got a wonderful um, you know, a bench of, of talent, people who come from uh, household names like uh, Noon, I'm ex-Amazon and ex-Uber, uh, and then Dubizzle, as I mentioned, ex-Gumtree. So we have a lot of combined uh, knowledge for when it comes to online marketplaces and classifieds. So this business was, as I mentioned, started on the back of a frustration that came from the industry, but very quickly we're, we've elevated to kind of really tackling um prevailing uh, perennial problems that haven't been solved around fake and duplicate listings, lack of agent response rate, and then just the general inefficiency of, of finding a home or a property that you're, that you're interested in. Mm. So uh, we've been at this for two years. Our uh, founding shareholders have invested $5.5 million to get Hausa.com off the ground uh, and to, to, to build that product market fit. And you may have seen from our press releases and, and, and comms that we've launched something called Only on Hausa, which is our um, disruptive uh, entry into the market whereby we have content that hits Hausa.com before it gets listed anywhere else. And that's kind of our way to kind of get a seat at the table. Because as you know, in the market today, we have a duopoly structure, uh, two very strong incumbents. But for us to be able to make a dent and get people to actually come and visit Hausa.com uh, first, we have over a thousand properties that are coming and hitting our site before they get listed anywhere else. Fascinating. So much to unpack there. But I think what's really interesting, and you use the words, how did you describe it when industry-backed? Or what was the word you used? Industry-backed, agency-backed. Agency-backed, yeah. So what would be perceived as competitors, uh, those real estate agents and brokers, they've come together to... Uh, you know, not only come together to provide a commercial offering for the market, they've come together and done something, uh, that's in the tech space that's, you know, they back themselves as well. They put money at the table. Uh, so it's a, quite an interesting approach. Uh, how, where did that idea come about? Does it work in other industries? It's quite new to me. You know, in fact, um, there's a couple of examples around the world of agency backed, uh, property portals. So, this is not the first example. Mm. And typically it, it, the origin stories and for those businesses as well is at some point they feel that the property portals may be extracting more value than they are providing. Mm. And then these, these agencies feel like, well, what, what if we were to build our own platform and we own the content? And as we'll probably talk about later on in this, in this podcast about when it comes to building an, uh, a liquid marketplace, it's all about content supply leads demand you have to have inventory for people to be attracted to come to the site so since they own the inventory they're like what stops us from building our own mm. uh, portal however uh, like any marketplace um, you need to have demand and traffic mm. and awareness for those um, agencies and their inventory to be uh, delivering leads mm. so that their agents are uh, satisfied right that there's traffic and engagement on the site so I think what's different here is that we have a, a world-class uh, team of experts who have decades of experience of online uh, classifieds and online marketplaces to kind of help build the, uh, the, the user experience, the journey, build the brand. And then at the same time, we're backed by the industry, which means we're able to get, uh, as I mentioned, content first. So that's our exclusive content strategy. And then over time, 
keep building on that and then ensuring that we get the best content mm. first and getting people to come onto our site. Mm. It's fascinating. I think, you know, when you've got a sort of a legacy incumbent business in this digital world that works, you, you don't necessarily want to disrupt it. Uh, but then if you took it on all yourself, if you decided you were all SOP and all SOP and you wanted to, uh, build a portal, I'll say the names you don't have to, like Bayou's or Property Finder, it might not only cost you a lot of money, uh, it would mean that you have to sort of uh, approach it very differently. And sometimes that's where companies might struggle. Uh, but this is a solution where everyone's got skin in the game and there's less risk. Absolutely. I think you, you nailed it. So um, what I've seen in the past when, when companies are trying to break in mm. and don't have the industry backing them, they actually have to end up scraping or essentially stealing content mm. to be able to uh, be able to say, hey, we've got content, but they're not kind of coming front of house and getting that content where here it's with the blessing and support of all of those agencies that we have all of their content. And then it goes one step further where they're saying, we want you to succeed so much so that we're willing to hold out and give you that content first, mm. right? Because there's also a um, an opportunity cost in doing that, right? Mm. I think we've seen there's a, in the F&B industry, uh, there's one called Chat Food that tried to do this as well because similar example, the restaurants felt like the delivery companies or aggregators were benefiting more and then they came up with something without fees. Yeah. But we haven't seen it in media. We haven't seen it where, you know, uh, other industry is kind of put together to take on a Facebook or consolidation or something like that. So I'm fascinated to see, you know, two years in exactly how it's gone what's the sort of uptake are there any numbers you can share yeah i you know what i can share with you is you know on any given day we're delivering up to a thousand uh, leads mm -hmm. to our uh, agents and agencies but w whether it's uh, and it's that spread across for rent and for sale and maybe i should have mentioned this earlier but house.com um, uh, offers uh, residential sale and rent, commercial sale and rent, and even uh, property for mm. sale. Uh, so, uh, and so that thousand leads is across the board. Uh, mm. And that's, you know, I think quite healthy, frankly, in within two years to get uh, a thousand leads a day. Mm. And that's, by the way, how we monetize. So unlike the incumbents who basically charge agents and agencies upfront to have inventory that they can advertise, we, 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 our, our approach is very different, which also allows us to get that content faster, which is it doesn't cost you anything to list. We just charge you for every lead that we deliver. So our key KPI is, um, driving leads onto mm. the site. Um, and then the other, the other thing. And how does it monetize then at the end? So basically, uh, so example, you're also up and also up. You've got X number of listings on the site. If I've delivered to you uh, on a particular listing, uh, 10 leads that hit the CRM will charge you a, uh, lead, a, a fee lead. per lead. And yeah. the way that we do it, obviously, you know, is we, we, we price discriminate based on what type of a home that is in what part of town, the price point, because there's no point in paying, you know, uh, 150 dirhams for a lead, which is something we would charge for a, uh, an apartment, a high, a high value apartment on the pond versus say a studio in, in Dara. Mm. Right. So we, 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 we have differentiated pricing depending on the, on the, on the property at, at yeah. hand. 
Yeah, before we talk a little bit more about marketplaces and the dynamics around them, uh, how did you get into this space? Did you uh, know the real estate space before and what's your background? Yeah, uh, good question. So not at all, actually. I, I'm not a real estate expert. However, um, prior to, to my MBA, I was in finance. So I worked in New York and in Boston. I did uh, mergers and acquisitions and private equity, all in tech. Uh, and then after business school, I came back to Dubai. So as I mentioned before the podcast started, I'm a third generation Dubai resident. Wow. Um, and when I came back uh, full time in 2012, um, my journey pivoted from being a finance guy to being an operator. So I um, was lucky to have been part of uh, launching Uber in the Middle East uh, wow. and starting their operation here in the UAE wow. uh, as the country manager. This was back in 2013. I did that for a little over two years and then um, joined Dubizzle to run their motors business. And that's where I met Barry uh, and the rest of our of our team here at Hausa. We all worked at uh, Dubizzle together and built essentially a business that was, um, before it was acquired, was worth $400 million. So I kind of cut my teeth building online marketplaces, building a classified site um, across those two. And then most recently before joining Hausa, I was with uh, Amazon for the last two and a half years, building uh, Amazon's brand, taking us from souk.com to Amazon in the UAE, Saudi and Egypt, and then also responsible for um, what we call peak events, which was, you know, the f uh, prime days, the Black Fridays, etc., cetera, uh, sale events, uh, which is like a $250 million program in the region. So um that's my background. As I mentioned earlier, uh, some of our team members are, you know, ex Gumtree, ex Dubizzle, OLX, uh, Noon. So we have an incredibly talented uh, team at, at Hausa that you would normally see in a much bigger company. Um, so I think that combined with the opportunity, I think we're, we're, we're onto great things. It does sound very impressive on paper, on audio as we are. However, structurally, uh, how does it work? You know, are the uh, the ten or the the kind of six core people? Sorry, sixteen companies shareholders, yeah. shareholders, and you describe them as shareholders. So, is that does that simplify the process? Do you have your management team, and it's like having a board as opposed to having sort of micromanagers or or you know sixteen other companies running a website, basically? Yeah, the the way we we, we separate them is we we have founding shareholders and then kind of the longer tail shareholders. The mm. founding shareholders were the ones that I explicitly mentioned. Uh, so, you know, um, the Alsops, the Mahonis, uh, you know, Abdullah Lajaji from Driven, Husni Bayari from DNB, um, Ed Makura from, from Core. These individuals and John Lyons from Espas, these individuals all sat on our board uh, since inception. And now our board is uh, includes three of them plus Barry, who's a marketplace expert. And then uh, we're, you know, we're, we're currently in the process of fundraising. So once we raise capital, we expect to give another seat or two to a VC or a strategic who, were, who would be investing in, in houses. So that's our governance structure. And then we've got myself as CEO. We've got uh, Sebastian Ritter, who again comes from Dubizzle, who was running our product and tech. He's our COO. And we have uh, Matt Gregory, who was running the sales organization at, uh, at Dubizzle. So he's our chief commercial officer and, uh, Sarah, who you met outside, um, who, who was running B2B, um, uh, business for us for property in, in Dubizzle is running marketing for us mm -hmm. here. So that's kind of the, the leadership team. And then we've got folks in Berlin and Ukraine, you know, around growth and, uh, tech. Um, so that's what the org structure looks like. Um, but 
these shareholders, um, their input comes in at the board level. Okay, yeah. interesting. So yeah. yeah, that makes it a bit more not traditional, but cleaner in terms of yeah. input and things like yeah. that. Yeah, and they've got obviously what's amazing is that because they are in the industry, they are direct pulse into the market, and they can give us real time feedback. And when we're seeing problems in the market, like fake and duplicate listings, which we are, you know, that is kind of one of the core problems that we're trying to tackle, we can work in partnership in tandem with them to solve it, right? So for mm -hmm. example, that product only on Hausa.com, every single one of those listings that hits our site is verified, right? So that's kind of like us trying to be different and us trying to give the consumer or the property seeker a promise that when you come to Hausa and you look at these listings that are very prominently featured on the site, we can tell you that they are real mm -hmm. and they're fresh. Okay. And the, so the five and a half million, do you see that as sort of initial capital upfront? And where, where was the business licensed and where, what sort of round are you looking at now? Yeah. So the business is, is, was set up in uh, ADGM. Um, and Abu Dhabi uh, market, yeah, correct. Yeah. And uh, the initial five and a half million was a seed uh, funding from these investors. Uh, but, w you know, for us to be able to really make a dent and to build top of mind awareness, not only from the property seekers side, but also from agents and agencies, we, we really need to go out and start uh, communicating the brand, which is what I've been doing at Amazon for the last two and a half years. So the great experience to now bring over here and elevate the brand mm -hmm. uh, so people will uh, be aware and consider. But then we need, we, there's so many things we have on our uh, quality product roadmap that we want to build. And so we need to scale product and tech. Mm. And then as you know, to build any great business, you need phenomenal talent. So, you know, we want to, uh, we want a stock option pool that we can give uh, equity to, to people that we hire. And then with these subsequent funding rounds and valuation growing, then we can reward them for the hard work uh, that they do. So, so we are only of, just getting started. Yeah, so you've kind of outlined those three areas or a few million each to build, but that would be what you would spend the next round on. Correct. So we're currently uh, out uh, fundraising and we're hoping to raise in excess of $10 million mm -hmm. to do this uh, for the next uh, couple of years and then set us up for a very strong Series A. Um, today, you know, I like to say we're Hausa 1.0, uh, where we're tackling those three uh, perennial problems of uh, poor content quality, uh, uh, poor agent engagement rate, and then kind of the inefficiency, inefficiency in searching for the content that you want. Um, and then the way we, we tackle it is by our differentiated uh, model. Rather than charging upfront for inventory, we charge you for performance for the, for the leads that you receive. But then where we see ourselves going uh, in the future is getting closer to the transaction. Mm. And I think... What's exciting, uh, not only for us and our partners, but also for potential investors is that because we're not shackled by these legacy monetization models, right? We're able to do things differently. And I think perhaps this is an opportunity for me to tell you kind of like how, how is Hausa differentiated in this duopoly market? Um, if I'm an agency and I'm listing on those sites, for me, for my content to be featured at the very top, I have to pay. Mm. have to pay for these value-added uh, products, you know, to be featured ads. Now, what that means is if I'm a, a younger agency and my pockets aren't as deep, then I kind of get lost in the clutter. Also, if I'm a property seeker and I visit those sites, I'm inundated with pages and pages and pages of these featured ads before I see organic content. Mm. Everything is kind of paid, not dissimilar to what you see with Google, mm. right, when you're searching uh, paid uh, ads. Yeah. So with us, 
our entire raison d'etre is, is around quality. And so the way our listening algorithm works is it's all based on quality signals rather than paying to be at the top. So example, if the listing is exclusive, that content goes all the way to the top. If the agent who is representing is very responsive, we track those signals because we do call tracking, WhatsApp tracking, email tracking, and we see how responsive they are, how quickly they are to get back to you. If that is a very professional and engaged agent, we reward them and we push that content to the top. If there's a 360 tour, i.e. the content quality is robust, lots of photos, we push that listing to the top. It is not pay to play, it's rather we reward for nice. good behavior. And I think that is how we're, we're coming at this industry very differently. We're not just another me three. And we're tackling problems in a way that the incumbents cannot because again, their private valuations are pegged by the revenues that they're generating quite successfully purely on uh, advertising and share of voice. Because we're not shackled by that, we can come at it differently, be very property seeker, seeker backwards, quality uh, backwards, mm. and solve for that problem. Yeah, and what you've described, you know, uh, basically has the user in mind. So all of those indicators, you've basically given away, you know, the keys to how to not search engine optimization, but how's engine <laughs> optimization. Uh, so as an agent or someone who's listing that, uh, they're actually being not rewarded, uh, in their own benefits, but they're providing something that the end user will get faster and, and more quality uh, products, basically. Precisely, precisely. And we're democratizing basically that very prominent real estate on the site to any agent that has exclusive and high quality content. But speaking of democratizing sort of that, why is it exclusive to agents? Why can't an individual list there? I think from our experience at Dubizzle, where we actually did allow end consumers to list directly, those individuals are anonymous essentially, and they don't have you know, legacy and brand equity that they need to adhere to. So that means sometimes you can have some um, uh, bad agents, if you will, uh, playing and, uh, you know, not above board. And so from a moderation standpoint, it's easier for us to work with professional agencies Regulators. regulated as opposed to just uh, C2C. But can you see an opportunity? Because if, you know, maybe if I'm listing a property for rent or sale, I mightn't have fees uh, and I would have to go through a broker. But if, you know, like any other platform, if this is sort of peer-to-peer -peer, like a marketplace, like if it is a marketplace element, then, you know, could it be that individuals can list and sell their own property? Um, I think, I think from, a, from an efficiency standpoint, uh, the agencies and the brokers are best positioned to, mm. to, to make a transaction happen, right? They're professionals. I think once you start to leave it into the hands of individuals, I think it just opens a, a myriad of, of, of problems and, you know, accountability and whatnot. And, and honestly, this is always when you look at, you know, businesses like Craigslist and, and, and Dubizzle, while they're incredibly well trafficked, they, their biggest challenge is around content moderation and mm. ensuring that, you know, uh, uh, bad actors are kind of reined in, but there's only so much that you can do with the marketplace, right? And I had this experience when I was at, at, at Amazon, right? We have the retail business and we have the 3P business. And then we have something in the middle called uh, Fulfilled by Amazon, which is kind of the best of both worlds. So the 3Ps is the... Is the pure marketplace yeah. where it's 
I'm buying from a, a seller somewhere in the UAE, etc., and their goods don't sit in in, 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 yeah. in our warehouses, and the logistics are done by them. So from a quality standpoint, you have less control over yeah. that journey and that experience. So again, the interesting thing here is that given that many of the top agencies are our shareholders, we can work with them to control that experience to be superior and to be to be smooth. And then today, I said we're how's the 1.0, where we're we're charging based on a cost per lead, but because we're we don't have, we're still early in our journey, and we don't have you know these huge revenues that are pegged by, um, you know subscription listing models. We can actually be creative and participate with the agency at the success level, mm. and even participate in the actual sale or rent transaction, yeah. which I think sets us up for a, a beautiful trajectory in terms of. Um, capital appreciation of our value of the business because mm. rather than going after you know what we believe is a hundred to hundred and twenty million dollar uh, TAM of portal uh, addressable revenue market, addressable yeah. market you know there's a two billion dollar uh, commission pool uh, for the agencies in the UAE right that's a much bigger TAM to go after wow uh, that's the current size of it of the market but I want to talk about the industry here and what's happened especially since the pandemic overall but while we're on marketplaces that's interesting you know having been in Amazon and you mentioned how they split it out have they not have they not set the blueprint of how e-commerce platforms and marketplaces can work in terms of having sort of owned uh, uh, inventory uh, marketplace inventory and and what was the third one? Uh, what else oh, did it have? Fulfilled, fulfilled, by, fulfilled Amazon. by Amazon. So yeah. I think, yeah. So what's different here is that we're we're not in the business of actually, we, like we don't. It's property, so it, it's different. It's asset light because we're just the, yeah. the the marketplace that's connecting the the vendor, the landlord, and the and the prospective uh, buyer or renter, right? And we connect them. And the people who are participating and providing that content is the licensed broker. Now, in the case of e-commerce, there's a physical good, there's warehousing and all of that stuff. The fulfilled by Amazon pieces, Amazon's way to mimic the experience and the quality of the journey of retail, yeah. but enjoying the long tail selection that's opening up the marketplace. Does so they help them. with the last mile and the efficiencies of it. Correct, correct. Um, and then all of that content can suddenly be, uh, you know, under the prime standard of speed and uh, and delivery and free shipping, right? In our case, uh, our superpower is only on Hausa. And only on Hausa is verified content, first to market content, fresh listings from the top agencies in the country. Verified right? agents, yeah. Absolutely. And then from the from the top agencies in the country, right? The likes of the Allsops, the Better Homes, the Drivens, et cetera, uh, SPAS, DNB, to name a few. Um, and then us being able to provide that content to our uh, visitors first before they can find it anywhere else is a huge differentiator. And then there's a trust um, element there, right? Because as I mentioned today, if you if you went out and surveyed 10 people about what is it like to search for a property in the UAE, there's a lot of frustration, you know, combination of fake listings, a lot of duplicate listings, agents not being res uh, responsive. They call, they, they hear that common line, sorry about that listing has now just left, but I have something else for you, right? So. We're trying to solve for that, give people a better experience, and then reward the agents and the agencies that are also participating in us trying to kind of raise that quality bar. Interesting. Are you seeing agencies assigning spe uh, special house teams to make that process even better? 
um, some of some of the agencies are dedicating, uh, for example, like uh, Better Homes uh, has invested in a call center, right? Mm. So every single lead that comes in through Hausa, there's there's a there's a Better Homes call center agent that picks up the call and then they divert that uh, lead to one of their agents. So I think that's a very powerful differentiating factor for them to ensure that no lead is ever missed, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of other agencies can learn from that strategy. Interesting. And going back to the sort of marketplace part of it, how have you built the tech? What sort of investments have you got there? And where is that tech team being, being run out of? Yeah, so the, the beauty of, of, of Hausa and the people running the business are, as I mentioned, decades of experience building marketplaces classified. So, and we know all of the, the pain points that we went through from our, our time together at Dubizzle. So when we built the product and when we, when we decided on what is our go-to-market approach, we, we, attack, we tackled it very differently, starting from building a, a listing algorithm that is not based on pay to get to the top, but rather quality backwards, like ensuring that the best and the freshest listings get to the top, right? So we built that technology um, with our team that sits in the Ukraine. Um, uh, our product managers sit uh, between here and uh, and Berlin. Um, and then, as I mentioned, our CTO and CPO um, are, are based in, in Dubai and our ex-Dubizzlers, uh, right? Okay. So we have that experience. And then what we built also is you and I get to enjoy the front of the house, which is house.com. But the agents and the agencies have access to the Hausa Hub, and that's essentially their um, their professional dashboard for them to manage the content that they list, to see how many leads they got, to to listen into um, uh, leads that they received because we do call tracking, we have WhatsApp tracking, etc. And then also we give them access to best in class data. We have a partner in Reden uh, who you may have heard of. They basically do all the, um, the valuation. So unlike um, some other sites, when you go and visit Hazard.com and you, you search for you know, a two-bedroom apartment in Marina, we will show you a very detailed chart of pricing trends. And when you go into the, to the actual listing and you can see that listing, how is the price per square foot related, relevant, re, you know, versus past pricing, and then when you scroll down, you can actually see actual transactions, mm. sometimes even at a building level mm. of units that have sold for you to understand like, hey, is the pricing um, higher or lower or, you know, at par? So that really also useful. empowers the property seeker to make a good decision. Yeah, really useful. Yeah, amazing. Um, and so just in general, then uh, we see loads of statistics on Love in Dubai and elsewhere about uh, how many transactions have taken place in the UAE. And it's it seems like as the stock markets are having a bear market, the Dubai property market especially is having bull market at the moment. It's record levels. Uh, what's your assessment of that? What's driven that? Um, and how do you see the current property market in UAE? I think the I think the UAE has benefited from a lot of instability around the world, right? Um, we've we've seen a, an influx of investors come to the region, uh, buying property not just in Dubai but even 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 in the capital. Uh, we've seen an interesting um, uh, trend uh, where you know during peak COVID, people were uh, looking for backyards. Uh, there was a lot of appetite for villas. And then the, the huge appreciation and value for, for villas. But then now apartments are suddenly looking like great value. Then there's been a shift in, in demand towards apartments. 
And then um, Sarah, my colleague, just um, was quoted in Khalish Times uh, on an article around a, a recent trend where now uh, people are seeing tremendous value in the suburbs, mm. in this part of town, for mm. example, in Dubai land, where mm. people can upgrade to bigger uh, homes versus what they could find in the center of the city. So we're seeing uh, great um you know, positive momentum. I think uh, past data points I can I can I can mention is you know ninety billion dollars of transaction value, uh, right? Is is the is the pie that's growing now year over year? Agents and agencies uh, generating you know north of two billion dollars in commissions, and then the property portals um, ext- you know getting a piece of that of that of that pie today. Um, us and many of them are essentially charging based on uh, visibility, or in our case performance in the form of leads. And I think the future for us is really working hand in hand with these agencies um, and being their partner so that we're, you know, participating with them on success. Mm. Not to speculate because property and real estate is uh, perennially cyclical. It's just the nature of it. However, what do you think are the key dynamics? Like, You've, you've, as you said, third generation. So you, you and your family have seen Dubai sort of real estate happen from start to finish almost. Uh, you know, do, what, what do you think are the key things that are driving things at the moment? Um, if you were to tell the narrative of the real estate, the history of Dubai, where are we today? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I just turned 40. Um, so I've seen Dubai uh, from the 80s till, till date. And, you know, it's just... I think a, a, a reflection of the of the leadership and vision of the of the of the leaders of the country, right? And the investment uh, into into the country and the city infrastructure, um, you know, stability uh, geopolitically, um, and then all the opportunity that it's created for for many um, expats uh, and locals um, in the country, right? So, I think that's. Um, you know, the baseline of what has allowed the, the real estate industry to flourish. But then the recent, um, changes in, 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 in around immigration, the golden visa program, et cetera, has mm. given a lot of, uh, appetite for people to, to commit to the country in a, in a longer, with a, with a longer, longer term view in mind. Uh, I recently became a homeowner, t- uh, two years ago major milestone for me because obviously when we first came to the country like my my grandfather came here in 59 right we we couldn't own but now we've suddenly gone from a generation of renters to a generation of owners and i think that's you know that is the the bedrock i think that will that will buoy the the real estate market right and then above and beyond that right we it's not just about residential there's also commercial and now the uae and dubai has become a hub look at the office of where you sit in you see around you major corporations are 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 building hubs and centers and manufacturing uh, in the country right and that also uh, buoys some of uh, that uh, commercial real estate in the outskirts of the of of of, of the city and um, you know when I was younger, I remember you, you, you may have heard of the Hard Rock Cafe, yeah. which is around where the American University of Dubai is. And back in the day, we used to think that, that was the end of the universe, right? <laughs> and the world ended there. But now that's kind of, you know, things in Dubai South is, 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 is flourishing, right? Yeah. Um, so I think the best times are still ahead of us. Um, and, uh, and I think the innovation that we're seeing in, in the market as it relates to, 
tourism, uh, commerce, and whatnot is just going to generate more uh, demand uh, for both residential and commercial real estate in the country. Fascinating, really interesting and, and good uh, variety perspective, uh, if that's the right word, perspective. And I like how you mentioned the commercial uh, real estate as well, because it sometimes gets overlooked in the story of real estate in, in the UAE. Um, and, you know, the kind of uh, the city within a city narrative as well, that, you know, it's quite unique to Dubai, isn't it? You can choose not necessarily a compound but you can choose a, a master development and all your needs can be fulfilled there from schooling to lifestyle livability exercise everything like that there just seems to be a lot of it from a, a lay person looking at outsides and i've been here 10 years it there was there wasn't many uh there weren't opportunities from a townhouse and villa opportunity back then and there seems to be proliferation of it now uh and almost, almost too much. Uh, and I'm, uh, you know, I don't know what the kind of supply and demand is, but everywhere I look, I see rows and rows and rows of townhouses. Uh, at the moment, that is, doesn't seem to be impacting the kind of demand. There seems to be demand for it. Do you think that at a point it will peter out a bit that there will be, there seems to be so much development going on? I think the development that you're seeing is a, is a response to the demand. And obviously, the last time we had a, a downturn, a lot of these developments were put on, on hold. And as things picked up, they were resumed. Um, but this is a cyclical space, right? Mm. So I think we're now enjoying the, the good times and uh, everybody's benefiting from, from it, right? From, from developers to, to landlords to agents and agencies and, and portals as well. But, um, you know, at some point we will, we will see a, a, a softening in the market, but all indicators are suggesting right now that we still have a few good years ahead of us. Mm. Obviously, interest rates uh, yeah. increasing are going to ma make affordability a bit uh, more challenging. And I think this is where some parts of town that offer more value, I think, will, will, will have their day in the sun. Uh, mm. But right now we're seeing a, a, a healthy combination of um, end user uh, demand, but also uh, investor demand from from abroad. Mm. That's an interesting way of looking at interest rates. That you know, yeah, exactly how you articulated better than I would. But it's an interesting way of seeing it from a value perspective. Um, you know, Dubai uh, has been uh, praised really for how it's regulated with RERA and the land department and all the regulations. So much so that you know, we hear that how Saudi Arabia is approaching their sort of real estate opportunities to look at how it was done in this country. Uh, and from your side of things, you're, you're part of the ecosystem in terms of that tech part of prop tech or, or, or that as well. So it just, it does seem that, you know, everything, everything to make a robust real estate industry is in place. Are there any weaknesses? I think uh, you may have read in the news that um, the DLD is looking to kind of clamp down on uh, this 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 problem with fake and duplicate listings with yeah. with, with the trahisi, uh, which is essentially uh, the permit, which every property is in, is entitled to having up to three agents representing it. Okay. And while the trahisi system exists today, I think there's room for us to kind of uh, strength help them. To, to, to enforce it and implement it in a way that there's no room for, for, for kind of abuse. How has this been abused? Because you mentioned it a few times, the duplicate listing. Like, wh why is that disruptive? Destructive? Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I'll tell you, it, there, it's disruptive on multiple uh, levels, right? So, if um, I'm I'm a I'm a landlord and I've uh, given my my uh, property to three agents to represent, so in theory, those three agents can can list that property for for sale or for rent on on the portals. Now, if other agents see, hey, that's a very attractive property, and I think I could get a lot of leads if I just copy it on the site, okay. take all the details and just copy it. Then the problem that uh, happens is that property seekers now have a false uh, impression of supply. Suddenly they feel like, oh, there's many of this villa of that configuration. And guess what? A lot of time when those when that content gets duplicated or faked, they use clickbaity um, techniques by dropping the price to get that first call. Uh-huh. So then that puts a, a tough, uh, le- you know, puts the the landlord and the representing agents in a difficult situation of like, what is the right price? And I'm getting calls for this and who, and, and who, you know, who's representing this, this property, right? Uh, so I think if there is stronger enforcement and a real time link between uh, available property, sold property and the DLD and on the portals, I feel like what will happen, a lot of this golden triangle problem will will disappear. As I mentioned earlier, we're not shackled by this legacy monetization model where having absolute content drives value. So we can be, frankly, champions, partners with the DLD to bring, uh, to kind of enforce this. Whereas when you're in the business of selling the maximum number of listings, you're not really, uh, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, incentivized. incentivized to see that content come off of your site, right? So we're, I think that's part of our quality roadmap is to work hand in hand with the regulator to ensure that fake and duplicate listings come off of the site. And I think there's a technology element that needs to happen mm. for that to happen in real time where people cannot um, abuse it. And it kind of suits what Hauser is doing. Yeah, I did hear about that in the news and I was wondering where it was coming from. Obviously, people within the industry understand the challenge better. And and, and it's not just hurting property seekers. Mm. It's also hurting professional and above board agents and agencies and the landlords that are giving their business to them. Yeah. Uh, so kind of part of the same topic, but what's your view on uh, the inventory that's available uh, and the property development trends? We've had a few uh, private developers on this show before, and I'm always fascinated to see the innovation in that space alongside with the master developers. It seems to be a, a nice, healthy mix of opportunities and options for buyers yeah, we're we're seeing and hearing about a lot of exciting projects coming online. Um, some of our shareholders are um, are experts, if you will, in in off plan. Uh, for example, DNB Properties is is one of them, and they're they're having you know a record year, right? Mm. And and they're listing a lot of that off plan content on uh, only on Hausa, so people can get a first bite at the apple by by visiting the site. And uh, you know, for example, I I I I, I live in. Um, in the Banyan Tree residences in JLT, which was developed by Suede and Suede, which is also kind of a, a top tier developer in the country. That was their first residential uh, development and the building has, has sold out. So they've, they've also enjoyed some good success there. So it's a, I think 
um, there's there's good trends. And as I mentioned earlier, now the 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 greater part of Dubai, the outskirts, the suburbs, are also starting to see that development happening and seeing people um, move to these uh, suburbs because they see great value. So we're starting to see around here, you know, Arabian Ranches too, Mudon, etc., uh, Town Square, all getting uh, mm. filled up quite quickly. Mm. Okay, cool. And coming to the end of the interview, it's flown by, but I wanted to ask about the future for Hausa. Uh, we've talked a lot about Dubai uh, and you're raising sort of funds. Do you see this as a how do you see this in terms of ge- geography as a play? First, uh, our goal is to is to make a real um, dent into the local market because that's where this is our home and this is where our shareholders are based. A lot of our agency partners, all of our agency partners are based here. However, um, we all have experience on the management team of scaling beyond Dubai. So from our time at Dubizel, we took the business to emerging markets like uh, Egypt and, and Lebanon and, and whatnot. And uh, and then from my time at Uber, we, we expanded beyond uh, the UAE. So absolutely, our aspiration is to, to build a regional player. However, the nice thing about even though our uh, our population size is relatively small here, as an asset class, real estate is is massive and is a big part of the economy. So yeah. you can actually build a a business that is quite valuable uh, by participating in that uh, in that space. And as I mentioned, the numbers right, ninety billion dollars on average of transaction value happening, and then of that, a two billion dollar agent commission pool. So there's 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 a lot of room for us to 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 build Hausa to 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 size even by just focusing on the UAE. But once we've once we crack the UAE, then obviously our our next ambition would be to expand beyond and in the region. And what's your view of Saudi Arabia? Yeah, fair 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 game, right? Uh, one of our shareholders, uh, Abdullah Al Ajaji, who who leads Driven Properties, is a Saudi national. And, um, you know, we had very uh, open conversations about the readiness of Saudi for this. I think the reality is. Uh, Saudi today is, um, when it comes to landowners, um, it reminds me a lot of kind of the UAE of old, um, a lot of private family groups. Uh, you don't have a lot of agencies and agents on the ground. So the, it's the, the market is not, I guess, ready yet for a similar setup that we have. It's a lot of, uh, family groups, you know, uh, go visit the compound. The security guard will show you the property, et cetera. So they haven't yet made that. Uh, pivot to an an agency uh, led uh, market where a property portal would uh, would suit it well. You kind of go back to that whole C to C space. So we think that there's still a few years um, uh, ahead of us before Saudi is ripe to mm-hmm. to enter. Because I, as part of the PIF and the Vision 2030, there was a statistic that uh, the population of Saudi Arabia were among the lowest compared with Europe and elsewhere in terms of home home ownership. And since 2016, but in the last six years, they've caught up. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of uh, new owners on the market over there. So it's obviously a, a market in terms of home, home ownership and people living outside of their families that's really uh, accelerating at rapid pace. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We saw this at, at Amazon, just the... The, the 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 traffic of population moving from cities outside of Riyadh into Riyadh. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, young men and also women uh, coming into the workforce in in Riyadh, leaving their their home cities uh, and now living uh, you know on their own uh, in apartments uh, mm-hmm. in the city. So that we've seen that. But again, we think that uh, right now we don't want to dilute our our focus. Our focus is to try to tackle these three perennial problems that we see in the UAE mm. uh, real estate market with the support of our uh, incredible uh, agency partners 
and then build our brand to um, to make people aware of uh, Hausa.com only on Hausa and um, and and give them a higher success rate of finding the home or office or or land that they're looking for. Amazing. Well, thanks, JP, for sharing everything you, that you have. It's been really enlightening. Honestly, it's good to hear more about the real estate and more about Hausa. So thanks so much. And we'll follow and, and maybe click in the future. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Richard. Thanks a lot. Take care. That was really great. I had a chat with JP afterwards and complimented him on his media training because he really spoke so well there. I'm feeling a bit under the weather and he really carried that podcast through. Uh, so yeah, that was great. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out. I was at a Irish Business Network annual summer seminar last Saturday. Uh, we had it at the Cedars Palace with really good guest speakers, Chris Fade, Niall Quinn, an ex-Irish footballer. And uh Three of the guests uh, came up to me, including uh, Connor Fahey, uh, Jerry O'Leary, and they said that they were regular listeners of this podcast. So thank you, Connor. Thank you, Jerry, for listening to Dubai Works. Thank you also to our producers, Ali and Shahir. Thank you to our sponsors, Evest. Uh, and looking forward to another podcast next Friday at 11 a.m.